busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Let me ask you a question. Are you the asset? Now, I had to stop what I was doing, literally in the middle of laundry, getting ready to go out, have to throw, throw something on in a little bit. But this conversation was burning in my soul. So I was like, you know what? Let me just go ahead and real quick pick up the phone, go into a little corner nook, if you will, and have this conversation because it needs to be had. When I ask you the question, are you the asset? What comes to mind to you? Because normally when we think about assets, we think about something tangible, right? We think about a house, we think about what's in your 401, whatever. We think about what your financial portfolio looks like. We think about a lot of tangible items. But when I ask, are you the asset? Does that change your perspective any? And I'll tell you where this came from. Uh, I had made some really radical requests, bold, if you will, in a certain arena of my life, outside of the home. And the people who were made aware of the request I made were asking questions like, so what do you think is going to happen? When, what do you, it's not there. And so there was a little bit of like a clamor, almost like a gulp, big gulp, if you will. And I was as cool, calm, and collected as I have ever been. And how I know that that was peculiar because that is not my natural wiring. I am naturally a planner. I want to know what's getting ready to happen. I want I'm the girl, yes, that you watched the show with. And I'm like, what happened? What you think is going to happen? Oh, no, she shouldn't. Wait a minute. Yeah, I talked through the whole thing because I'm trying to get ahead of what's going on so I can be following what's going on. And probably at the end of the movie, nine times out of ten, I'm going to say how it should have ended. How it Listen, because that's the way I'm wired. And I'm somebody's grandbaby. Mind your business. But I am someone who always wants to be not just a step. I want to be a yard ahead of you. I want to be because I don't want any unpleasant surprises. There's different things that goes into probably why I'm more of a planner now than what what I safely should be. But I think that over the course of a few things happening, I've dialed back and God has gotten me to the right components of where I should be in that realm. And so back to the question that was being asked of me, what do you think is going to happen, blah, 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 which is probably some of the things I would have been consumed with had I not been adjusted the way that I currently am. And so when I was asked that question, you know, because I made a radical request again, it was, oh, I didn't even give that no thought. (laughs) How I see it is everything in life is simply a request. You ask someone, I mean, down to you asking someone, uh, do you want to get married? <laughs> you can't do nothing without my participation and my agreement. And the combo thereof means that something was discussed that both parties agree in. So I no longer fret or anxious behind anything that looks like you gave me information that doesn't automatically what you present me with doesn't equate to an automatic submission or an agreement on my end. I have one or two options. I can go ahead and negotiate a term that I want 
to be a part of? Or if what all you can offer me is not all that I'm trying to accept, then I can make a big girl decision about my life. And I was like, ma'am, um, ma'am, grandbaby, <laughs> where did that come from? And the following statement that I said just echoed in a way that I was like, mm, let's go. I said, uh, because I'm the asset. And when you know that you're the asset and you have good character backing that, you walk different. <laughs> you move different. You don't navigate through earth and through any particular item or arena in your life as if you're a fill-in, as if you're a regular. When you realize that you are the main character to the story that God put in, you don't, I've never seen or heard of Tom Cruise just kind of like, be, be hoping that they put him in a scene. No, sir, the scene is surrounded by you. The script is orchestrated around you. When someone was writing that part, they said, ah, this particular character will be great. Denzel Washington, whatever, whoever it was, the writer had you in mind when that script was written. You probably didn't even need to audition, but just you showing up to be a part of the process was just like, sir, we already, ma'am, we already had you in mind. So then why would you show up to the set as if you're an extra. You want me to show up on the set of my life as if I'm an extra and I know that God wrote this script for my life with me in mind because the Bible says in the 828 Romans that it all works together and that he's the alpha and he's the omega. He's the beginning and he's the end and anything that he allows in my life, it has to work out for my good. And so you want me to show up in any part of the any part of my life you want me to show up as if um I'm being given an opportunity when I know I'm the asset now some people feel a little bit more gangster after they get a certain credential after they get certain years under their belt after they had however many you know I don't raise all my kids I can raise you know however that is some people feel like experience equates to okay now now I feel now I feel confident now I feel no what what happened in your life if you walked around the arena of your life with good character so let's go ahead and just slice out the cockiness and whatever doesn't come with that with good character humble you understand okay with good character what happens when you walk around the arena of your life with the understanding that you are the asset would you show up to work the way that you do hmm? just taking whatever they offer you taking whatever they put on your desk taking whatever they pay you taking that would, would, would you really operate like that and again, maneuver and navigate the way that God puts on your heart. Don't try to go ahead and wear anybody else's shoes to the track of lane of your life uh, and then get to the end and be like, what happened? You were in the right lane. You just ran with the wrong shoes. God didn't give you those. So that's something that's going to have to take some alone time, some quiet time, some just real quick inner dialogue with God and say, so what's the strategy, coach? Because 
as a winner, I can get in this game uh, and try to do all the things that I did last year to win, but I'm I'm behind the eight ball because of the fact that what was supposed to be currently implemented for the win, I didn't get your direction. So the last thing I want any of us to do is to be an Olympic gold medalist and have the accolade to be extremely great, but you showing up with old information and that equates to a lost. Do you understand that? Okay. Would you show up in your house different if you knew that you were the asset? One of the things I realized that when I had the 2000, the cooties, the, the C and the 19, I'm not saying the whole word. Uh, while the house did not fall apart, it was clear that I, I'm the asset, right? And I feel like everyone in my household is an asset in their own right. It is clear when my son is not in the house or when he's away for a little bit. It is clear when my daughter, like, so it's just clear, like, yeah, so everybody needs to be in their role all the time at full throttle because otherwise, yeah, we, we feel it. So when I regained my strength and I got back, better and was not feeling the vertical and all that other stuff. I went back in the kitchen and I did only what I can do. <laughs> um, I made the pots and pans do what they do. What you thought? Hello? Good morning. Um, and so, yeah, that's what happened. And when pe- my husband was like, this, this is delicious. Oh, because I know it. <laughs> yeah, because, um, you know, uh, I do what I can. I can what I do. Would you show up at your school differently? Whatever your extracurricular thing is outside of work. Let me explain something to you. Um, I had a professor, the one that gave me the extension that I told you when I had the um, the cooties. And I was like, bro, I'm going to need a little bit of an extension on this paper. I know that this is the last week and a half for school. But um, the way that this seven-page paper is not being written, I'm probably going to need some help, coach. Uh, so I went ahead and asked him for the uh, assist, the alley hoop, if you will. And while he gave it to me, um, one of my previous grades when, was not acceptable. Uh, I wasn't happy about it at all. And so when I asked him, well, why did you give me that grade? He was like, oh, because you, well, I looked at the Rubik, to be honest. Let me, let me not, let me shame the devil and tell the truth. When I looked at the Rubik, I was like, uh, so what's on the Rubik is not on the instructions. And so his thing was, yeah, I was really disappointed. So on all my other assignments, all my other exams, everything else that I've ever took taken up until that particular paper, I have gotten nothing less than a 90. You would think that one would say, bro, how does she get something below a 50? Okay. Uh, so when I compared and contrast the instructions to the rubric one line was missing from the instructions that was that was present on the rubric but that I did not see and it cost me my grade so I'm going back and forth with him like please because I have a dream of how I want my GPA to look when I graduate it's a certain amount of courts that I want to wear okay great and that's just you are going to funk up my particular odor that I'm trying to have at the end of this okay um I just realized I don't like the word f-u-n-k 
it almost sounded like I said a curse. Like, I'm that kind of grandbaby, didn't it? Okay, pay attention. Let's go back. So, fast forward all the way through. I wound up getting, and I'm I'm going to say a grade, and you're going to be like, so what's the problem? But just know how I'm wired. I have a goal, and so that's how it goes. Okay, great. So he gave me a B plus, and he might as well have, um, you know, just go ahead and just scribble, scrabble all over my name or something because the way that my feelings was hurt. So I appealed the grade. The grade, the person who was appealing the grade didn't do a good job because they were looking at another paper that I was not discussing. So I don't know if you didn't see the attachment, Dean, sir, but you didn't do a good job. So I appealed it again. And at first I was like, bro, you really about to be the woman in judges? Like, you, you're going to keep knocking on these people's door and you're going to nag them to the point. But my thing was, you are going to have to see the, eth- the work ethic that I put in to this particular graduate course. The fact that I have been inducted in an honor society. The fact that every grade in any class that I've ever taken, despite me changing what my major was or however that looks, you're going to have to see how valuable of a student I have been And so it has to have been that this man didn't do what he was supposed to do. And somebody's going to have to change that. The period. I've already set my mind to, if they don't, I'm just going to keep excelling, blah, blah, blah. But I don't believe in plan B's because I serve a good G.O.D. So that's not how I work. Okay. And that's just my truth. So that happened. And it made me kind of, again, go back to this particular mindset a couple of years ago I probably wouldn't have done that you know because this is the I just need to get through and it's okay and if the professor feels like that's the grade I deserve and I would have just accepted what was served to me no how I sit now in the restaurant of my life what you serve me is optional and I want everybody to be really clear on that and even if they're not I am I don't have to eat a hors d'oeuvre with anchovies if that's not what I like. And if that's all that you serve, cool. Either I want to see the menu again or I can't sit here. Because the last thing that I'm going to do is sit here and make myself uncomfortable accepting what you serve, not realizing that I'm the asset, I'm the main character. I'm not doing that. Bad character will look like uh you making a scene. Do you know who I am? And we've all seen it some kind of way. You're like, oh, bro, super narcissist, super whatever name that we attach to it. But we've had it where some people are like, yeah, you you wear your badge. Everybody knows you're the supervisor. Have a nice day. We get it. You got promoted. We understand. Okay, we know you're the CEO. We get it. Okay, we get that you just you just got married. Ma'am, sir, we get it. We get it. Because those people wear it loud and proud. <laughs> and I think because low-key, they were surprised that, oh, my gosh, now I've become become the asset no when I got married I didn't flash my ring all over the place and my ring is beautiful I did a couple of the newbie pictures of it and I wear my ring to this day and I still look at my hand like he did a good job <laughs> like let me tell you something about that husband that grandbaby listen I snagged at the right time I ain't gonna hold you when when we when we move into our new construction home I'm not taking a zillion pictures 
I already know that we were blessed enough to get that particular lot. Low key, the agent emailed my husband and I yesterday, and the subject line said, OMG, your lot is huge. So what the acreage was supposed to be initially, apparently the people, the construction workers and all that, they cleared more land than what was already supposed to be the biggest lot in the in the development. And I fed into that, was re-excited, all of that. I said, man, this is excellent seeing the manifestation of prayers. And that's what happens when you believe God and this, that, and the third. I gave it all back to God because I understand all Clearly, I know I'm the asset, but I'm only the only the asset because I'm anointed. So I'm I'm never going to be confused on why I'm the asset. But more importantly, I'm never going to be confused that I am the asset. One of the things that I did, I, I went back and I was like, yo, probably the saddest thing in life is to have it where someone is oblivious to the fact that they they are the asset. Like, let me give you an example of what it looks like when someone uh, is the asset, but they have bad character. I want you to think old school because I don't want to speak this into nobody's life now. I want you to think of the 19-whatevers when they were in the wife beater, the woman stayed home and all this stuff. You know why the man who came home and was frustrated and consumed and whatever advice he had, and he went and beat on his spouse and you know the kids were scared of him and he had his couch and his newspaper and the tv and don't you dare touch it and have his dinner ready by a certain amount of time clip his toenails and blah 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 you know why that woman usually stayed in that particular environment one uh because of embarrassment back in the day it wasn't no such thing as being independent you can have a nice day but more importantly Because in her mind, he was the asset. He was the one that made the money, that kept clothes on the back, that kept food on the table. He was the asset that she was making the environment comfortable for. But ma'am, go away for a weekend. Let's see what he eats. Let's see if he know how to work that uh, laundry uh, machine at all. Okay, like even a little bit. Like, do you know how to start it? Okay, um, let's just see what will happen if you had to go ahead and go on a pilgrimage. Okay, for a month, would he be like? Would he be able to keep the house standing with the children? Keep them there. Mm-hmm. Don't take them with you. Keep them there. How, how would that look? So, in my opinion, the woman in that particular scenario is the asset. He may bring something to the home that she's not particularly partaking in. But the reason why he's able to treat her like that is because he has been made aware that he's the asset. And so when you're the asset, sir, you get to treat her any kind of way. Because where's she going? <laughs> Who's going to take care of her and these kids? <laughs> Who's going to want her? Who's going to? And so you have made the asset oblivious to the fact that Plot twist, she really is the asset. I want to step further because you know how I am. I'm always going to go ahead and go back to the Bible and see how we can make this thing work. And I thought about the Israelites when they was in the slaveries and all that other stuff. And I was like, man, 
I don't think that they realized that they were the asset. But you know who did? Pharaoh. So I'm going to go ahead. We just want to go ahead and read Exodus 14. I'm going to jump right into it. We're going to start at verse 5. You know I read from the NLT version. Very good. And I may have some commentary along the way. We're going to see how the Lord, the Holy Spirit leads me. Let the Lord do what he do. But this, keep in mind that you move different when you're the asset. And then you move different when you're oblivious to the fact that you're the asset. Let's go ahead and read Exodus 14, 5. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, what have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. Stop. Drop. Set them down. Open up. Shot. Um, Right there. The open right there. Clearly, who who's the asset so far? The Israelites. Because the people who get it misconstrued, one thing about it, two things for sure. Uh, when you leave, when your presence or how he said your service is no longer available, the first thing that comes into their being is panic. And they have to ask that magical question. What have I done? What have I done? That's why nine times out of ten when the relationship is over, old buddy is like, can I say something? I actually do love you. And I'm sorry for everything I ever done. And that's what I'm trying to say with my words. Yeah, sir, guess what? Uh, Why did you feel that after she left? Why did you feel that after you saw old boy liked her photo on whatever social media grams that you stalking? Okay. Why did you feel the need to produce all these words and emotions? And how come you always are, are able to realize all the greatness once it, once it leaves? Yeah. I think that's just how some human nature, that's just how they're wired. But he may have thought at a point, listen, I, I can pull chicks. I'm not ugly. I'm not this. I'm not that. While all that is true, young sir, you also understand that you are mistreating your asset. So when the asset leaves, then it's like, oh, what happened to you not being ugly and able to pull whomever? And you make money and you, you know, you not know. Like what happened? All that shouldn't have changed, right? What happened? Is that that you've seen that the thing that was most beneficial in your life is no longer attached to you? Doesn't have to be attached to you. So you, sir, are not the asset. But I digress. Six. So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. Seven. He took 600 of the best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt with officers all over them. I can't even time out pause do you see how much effort you put in to go regain your asset it reminds me of when Diddy went when him and J-Lo broke up in the early earlier ons uh I think on like their breakup followed up or led up to Valentine's Day he went and bought her this huge ring and had like a zillion pink balloons released and all and she was still like yeah but no <laughs> I'm sorry like when you go and you're the asset hold oh, the limps that they will go yeah tell your job uh that needs you that you get ready to be out oh now your salary is negotiable <laughs> guarantee you 
Oh, you can really leave? Why? Because your workload is too? Listen, we can take some of this off your shoulders. Because when somebody is um, smart, even if it's at the end, you make your asset comfortable. Yeah, you, you do whatever you have to do to keep them a part of you. Even if it means go grabbing 600 best chariots to go regain your asset. Good morning. Anyway, eight. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. Pause. <laughs> Can't even go forward. Um, that's another thing. When you are the asset, stop walking around uh, like you olive oil in these streets. Like you don't have no real flair about you. Okay. Uh, that you walking around with just like, huh, you know, any, anyone who wants to be my friend can be my friend. Anyone who wants to give me a high five, I'll accept that. Uh, what The word that jumps out to me in verse 8 is boldly, not loud, not uh, making a scene, not ignorant, not doing anything that looks like, oh, okay, we get it. Boldness does not equate to arrogance. Arrogance equates to you like to showboat but you don't have any contents. It's a huge difference in that. Boldly. Carry that word with you and let's carry on. Nine. The Egyptians, all the Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near Phi Harath, opposite Baal Zephin. That's going to be the words if it's not. Ten. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. Oh, but I know it. Let me have looked up and seen all the pitbulls that I'm afraid of chasing me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Eleven. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Twelve. Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Leave us alone. Even though that that's weird to read, a lot of people take that mindset. I've been with him however many years. Just you know what? That's just him. You know what? She had a hard life in her childhood and all the excuses thereof pre you. So, you know, that's just her. You know what? It's just that he's just a stern person and that's just how he is. So you just accept that boss talking to you and dealing with you any kind of way. Yeah, you may not have just said out loud, leave me alone to suffer in this situation. But your actions scream it when you don't make a change or at least have a plan to strategically get out of that. Now I'm rolling my eyes at you this time. Mm -hmm. 13. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. 14. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. <sighs> Read it again. 14. The Lord will fight for you. You 
need only to be still. Sometimes in life, come on, Holy Spirit, let's go. Sometimes in life, you stay in situations because you think that you're not strong enough yet, that you don't have all the money yet, that you don't have all the credentials yet, that you don't have all the networking officials yet, and you stay in an uncomfortable situation with quicksand feet and environments that won't allow you to grow because you have subscribed to it yet. Not only that, all you need to do is be still now and God's going to fight for you. How differently would your situation be if you didn't have the mindset of yet? We're going to go ahead and officially declare that Y-E-T is now a curse word. Put that next to all the other words that you couldn't say when you were younger, like liar. And I'm looking around to make sure that nobody heard me because I don't want the spirit of my grandmother to slap me, okay? You move different when you understand that all you have to do is be still and God has you. God will fight through that. God will show up. You don't have to have, have, to have all the muscles. God got you. I don't care if it's 600 of whomever else's grandbabies. When God tells you to stand right there, you already won the fight. You better understand the asset. Listen, hello? Do you, is this on? Okay. Just want to make sure you hear me. 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Listen, it's a word right there. (laughs) Probably going to have to do a whole nother conversation because we're going to be on this phone for 45 minutes. But let me explain something to you. Why are you crying out to me? I already told you what to do. Why are you coming to me about that boss? I already told you how to maneuver at that job. Why are you coming to me about that man, about that woman? I already told you how to maneuver in that. And sometimes a lot of it is not just leaving. You want God to make things easier for you, and you didn't even follow out what he told you to do. The ease comes in walking out his instruction. Why are you crying to me? Crying is not an action word. Do something. Move. I already told you all the verse ahead of time that all you need to do is be still, but I'm not really saying be stuck. I'm saying be still in your emotions. I'm saying be confident in the way that you approach a thing. But saying here crying to me is not going to get the bus that you're missing. Go get the bus. Get up. Go apply. Go do some stuff. You're crying to me. I got an attitude for the Lord. 16. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. 17. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. (laughs) Bro, they think that they're hurting you? I'm going to use that hurt to get glory (laughs) through that so that you come up and that I I get the glory. We all win because they didn't know that you were the asset. Have a nice day. 18. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Mm. 19. Then the angel of of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. (laughs) Got to read that again. Then the angel of God, he was leading, who had been traveling in front of the Israel's army, because they needed to know where to go, withdrew and went behind them. Because now that y'all know where y'all going, 
let me go ahead and clear up some things and fight off some things that's going to try to derail you. I gave you your instruction so that you will never be aimless. But let me go ahead and protect the side of you. That's the most vulnerable now. You got people chasing you. I got you. Keep moving. Watch what I do. God is gangster. I ain't going to hold you. This is suspense. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front of them and stood behind them. Bruh, y'all about to... Let me tell you something about how gangster the spiritual realm is. Okay, let's just keep going because it's getting exciting. 20. Coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud bore darkness to the one side and light to the other side. So neither went near the other all night long because y'all can't see but God already gave me direction and where God gave me direction he gives me illumination and where there's illumination there's clarity and where there's clarity I can see where I'm going and when I can see where I'm going I understand the, the instruction and I carry out the assignment you can't carry out the assignment you can't even maneuver to your next whatever your desire was Pharaoh because y'all can't see you mean to tell me that God can go ahead and put confusion somewhere where someone thought they had the one up on you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we read in it, aren't we? Okay, let's continue. 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided. 22. And the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. You mean to tell me that God would delay a thing just so that he can see what he has for you come to fruition? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mean to tell me that it wasn't the quick that we thought snap your fingers and the Red Sea just goes ahead and opens up? No, it was something that needed time. So God created the necessary time that it needed by causing the uh, separation between the Israelites and the Egyptians. Yeah, everything doesn't have to be fast. If you, mm, come on, Holy Spirit. If you need a particular accolade, if you in school or you got to get a particular experience and it's going to take you more time than what you thought, God will have it where he'll hold that whole thing up so that as soon as you graduate, as soon as you get the required years, that opportunity will spiritually, I'm not going to say I'm let's say miraculously that situation will miraculously open up just in time for you to apply no it doesn't have to be quick it has to be strategically done by God there were millions of Israelites do you know how long it probably would have taken them to, I don't I don't know how long I'm sure somebody did it I didn't google how long it took them to cross so what did God need to do? He didn't put no speed on them. He didn't put an escalator, elevator, nothing in the Red Sea. He didn't do nothing. Okay, I got to come up with. No, he simply held back whatever was going to hold up his plan. <laughs> did you see the gem the Holy Spirit just dropped on you? Because I didn't even realize that. He will hold back. Listen, I hope you remembered it because I just got it. He will hold back. Whatever will hold up his plan. I'm not finna play with you in the Holy Spirit because he, listen, listen. Okay, I don't have nothing else to say. I'm excited. Let's just keep continuing, okay? Um, 23, the Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. 24, during the last watch of the night, the Lord looked 
down. I can't. It's just look down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. 25. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them, fighting against them. God will jam up, confuse, do all that he has to do so that people are very clear that he has you. Oh, you thought that you were going to continue to work comfortably and put your name on my anointed? I don't told you I don't do that. So now I'm going to make it that you're going to have long days. Like your eight hours is going to feel like 80 hours. You're going to be in so much mistakes that the the plan that you had to throw my anointing under the bus, now what's going to happen is your work is going to become so incompetent that people are going to start looking at you and highlighting you like so you're messing up terribly so that whatever light you was trying to shine on my anointing in the wrong light, now that light gets shown on you. May or may not be speaking from experience. Let the Lord use me. 20, I can't, just 26. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and their horsemen. 27. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak, the sea went back to his place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. 28. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen. The entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea, not one of them survived. But actually, 29. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. 31. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, The people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. You mean to tell me that God didn't just leave it where they drowned and they kind of just like uh, stayed in the water and the Israelites just would get the peace of knowing, you know what, they no longer have anything to follow. Do you know how long it takes for a body that drowns to come up to shore? You mean to tell me that God wanted you to see that whatever was hindering you, it's no longer an issue. Let me tell you something about you being an asset. Don't you ever forget it. <clears throat> don't you ever forget it. I literally don't have anything else to say. I am so full that I feel like I probably am going to have to call you back because this was so rich. And I hate to be the Baptist old school preacher, but this was rich. My challenge to you. I mean, do we even need to create one? Okay, listen, my challenge to you, adjust how you see yourself and walk with the confidence in every spectrum of your life with the understanding that you are the asset. Get that weak-minded, flimsy-thinking, debilitating, whatever-it-is mindset out of you And swap that for the confidence of you are 
the asset. All right, I feel like you got what you needed. You know what these conversations are. They're life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person is going to have with you. This was probably one of my favoriteest because I learned so much in this one conversation, and learning is my love language, okay? But I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. I have an outing. I see the group text and from my family asking me, like, can you, like, we ready to go? And I get it. Uh, I don't like peer pressure, but I get it. So I'm going to go ahead and go, okay? Uh, I'll talk to you later. Okay, later.